Yo. What up? What up? What up, though? We back. We back, baby. Let's go. We got. We had another week off, man. I was stressed out last week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stressed out this week too, but this week I said, "Fuck it." This, this pod turned into. I remember, we used to do like every week. We now it's like a, occasionally we. <laughs> occasionally we skip weeks. <laughs> gotta get our mind right, bro. We gotta get our mind right. Though. Right. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We 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 a uh, couple of days removed from from Thanksgiving. How was yours, man? It's good, man. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. yeah not bad. Spent time with your family and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not bad. Yeah, we did. Um, we had everybody over over the house. Not everybody, but we had a, quite a few people over the house, and so yeah, we had we had a good time. I, but I worked. I worked like the day. But I, t- I took off the day before and the day of. I still ended up fucking putting in putting in hours, and then um, but but no, that right now, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was good. It was good. Good to see. Good to see the family and and have you know good food, good drinks. Um. Good music, good time. It's awesome, man. It's good, man. I, I'm I'm happy to be back. Oh yeah, happy to be. Uh, I almost, shit, man. I almost called you again. It's my like, therapy session. All right, <laughs> I almost called you again and been like, man, I gotta work. <laughs> and I said, nah, fuck it, man. I need I need a therapy. Nah, man, it's mental health, bro. That's you right. Gotta take, <laughs> you gotta take the mental health break. <laughs> shit, man. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Carpet Footman Podcast, episode one, two, three. He is Juan, and I'm Sean, and every week we get together, or most weeks, <laughs> have a few drinks, okay. talk about things going on in the world, try to focus on things making an impact, whether they be good, bad, or otherwise. Hit him with a drink of the day. Yo, we got a little whiskey sling popping off hey, this hey. week, man. We got a whiskey sling. Uh, so we did an a ounce and a half of this High West uh, bourbon. It's it's fire, man. Actually, it's good. I've, I've I've never bought a bottle, but I've had it at restaurants. Oh, yeah. Um, it's good, man. I like it. Um, even by itself, it's great. Uh, so we did a one and a half... Uh, ounces of that we did um no oh, you did more than that oh no? you're right i did a half shot you did like half. a shot so a that's half. like two ounces two two and a quarter then <laughs> you know pour shot, whiskey to yeah. your like shot and a half you <laughs> 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 did like a quarter of a lemon a half an ounce of simple syrup a couple of dashes of orange bitters shake it up uh and then pour it in a glass with ice um it's delicious man and we garnished once with a lemon wedge and i did it with the rosemary i think i like the rosemary better the rosemary, the uh, rosemary and, and the rosemary is, is is from the garden of sean so uh um, i went out there today to, so it's dark right i went out there <laughs> i went out there before i came over here and um i started cutting them and then all of a sudden i, I started getting bit up there was like there's like fire ants around the shit what so they started biting me up man so I might so get fire and have on the lip here soon. With no, I had to. <laughs> so I had, I had to pay for that. Do you, get, <laughs> do, you, do you have to spray these with any pests or anything? You, or like pest killer or anything like that? Nothing. No. Nope. And you know what's funny, man? It smells I, so good all the time. I planted it, man, and that shit just has grown like crazy. Like a weed, huh? Yep. And then right next to it, man, I put I put the mint. And then next to that, man, I'm going to put the basil. That's and I figured those three, those are the that's that's the three right there. That's gonna be the ones, man. That's gonna be the one. That's the carbon footprint garden. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, man. Ugh. All right, man. You want to do your carbon footprint? You want me to do mine? What's yeah, up? What I'm, you, I'm, what, I'm, uh, you gonna do your? But before we get popping on the carbon footprint, man. Okay. okay. Actually, wait, wait. Did I? Yeah, yeah, yeah we, I, I'm gonna let you do yours first. Okay. But uh, I gotta get popping real quick on something before you get off on that, man. Let, let me let me go, play go, a little some some real quick. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's for all you fucking redcoats. And- <laughs> <laughs> 
America, baby. Let's go. Listen, World Cup, uh, we're a little behind, so we got to go America versus England. These fucking pot pie eating, scared of knife ass, no dentist going. Listen. Fish and chip. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's soccer now. (laughs) Look at me. I'm the captain now. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, they was talking all this shit. And then, like, uh, uh, and you know, soccer clearly is an American sport. And it was hilarious because they were like, oh, you guys are celebrating a tie. It's like, well, if you're better than us, then a tie technically is, is a dub. Yep. <laughs> so, damn we'll, it. We'll take that. We'll take that. <laughs> and then today, man, they pulling off uh, the greatest performance against Iran in, foreign, uh, in a foreign land since we murdered uh, Salamali. <laughs> so, or whatever his name was. <laughs> So we pulling out all the stops, damn it. We coming. Uh, America on to the round of 16. This shit was exciting. You haven't watched, you oh, watched it? Oh, bro, I meant to. And uh, I saw that Flagrant was going to uh, stream live while they were while they watching the games. I wanted to do that. But, man, I've, I've been so busy at work, and, and I forgot about it. It was like I had a freaking conference call that was going to start at 4 o'clock. And the person that I was having it with gets there late. And he's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I was watching the game. <laughs> And he's like, it was so good. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm today, I have it on at work on one yeah. of my monitors, right? I'm doing shit. And um, they scored a goal while someone came in to talk to me about something. Yeah. And there's like this little lady that I work with, like, she's super quiet, like super calm lady. And she's like telling me something, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like peeking over at the screen and they score. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and she like starts walking away, like gets scared. <laughs> Like wait wait wait, <laughs> the game is. On. She didn't realize that it was up on the monitor. I didn't re- like it's up. It's not like it's minimized or it's yeah, not on my right, phone. Right. Like it's literally there. I, I guess she hadn't noticed, and this whole time she's talking to me. Oh, it was so funny, man. I'm like, yeah, my bad. Right. <laughs> she's like, do you want me to do this work for you? Yeah, that's literally what it was. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, it was so wild, dude. Uh, so good, man. I, I like. I, listen, America got a got a. Um, it's cool. They're on to the to the round of sixteen. That's like the third time in a row. I think that they make it. So now it's like the knockout rounds. Okay. Uh, so it gets uh, the sense of urgency in the World Cup is what I love. Like in these rounds coming now, because it's like winner go home. Yeah. Uh, I love this, man. I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, it's fun. The the week one, I think we talked about the World Cup here. Where I'm like, man, keep an eye. Some weird shit's about to go down over there. And I think like two days later, they're like, yeah, no beer. And then like, you know, I, and I, I'm still convinced that something else is going to go down. But Now, Budweiser is suing them, right? Yeah, because the biggest sponsor of FIFA or something like that is like, but one of the, is Budweiser. One of the big ones. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, man, what a time. I love World Cup time. Uh, it, it, it's been good. And anytime, like... America is like involved in something like that. Like we get so patriotic. Like even me. Like <laughs> it's like it's like we'll go back to hating each other next week. But right now we're like, yeah, fuck them, <laughs> dude, man. I'm I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the true American athletes to to oh. to take over soccer. It no one would ever win again, bro. I I like I feel like you had sent me that thing with somebody going on a rant about like yep. whether or not you know we don't go um we don't send our I, I think his comment was like wait till you get a cornerback with dreads from Miami. <laughs> <laughs> and um dude i'll say that if america played soccer in its i guess in its poorer communities we would dominate soccer worldwide like 
the he said like it's a borderline elitist sport in the U.S. and, and he's, he's and right. I've never heard anyone say that, and it's, he's right. Yeah, it's he's so right. true. It's so, so soccer in America is a very suburban sport, and the rest of the world, it's a very um, uh, uh, it's everybody. Uh, plays it's it. everybody plays it right, yeah. and so I think we, like he said, is like if we put in our resources and our money into soccer the way we do into basketball and baseball and football and all that other stuff, like no one would ever beat us, bro. Like you're going to have a bunch of six, seven guys rolling out there. Like no one would ever win another header. No one would win another corner kick. <laughs> like you're going to have all these guys looking like LeBron James. Yeah. And, you know, like playing so- – you, you Dude, like Bryce Harper decides to play soccer. Aaron Judge decides to play soccer. Like it, no fucking chance, bro. It's it, So it's like uh, you, you look at even the size of these players. It's like, okay, we go out there in a very physical sport because it's also very – Soccer is extremely physical. Like I've officiated soccer for a long time. And I think people assume that soccer, like I even had parents, like they're like, they stick their kids in it because they think it's like a non-contact sport. Oh yeah. And soccer is so physical. Um, Yeah, man. I feel like we would dominate if we actually cared. We just don't give a fuck about soccer except for every four years. (laughs) Dude, look (laughs) at um, uh, Dwight Howard. Oh my God. So he's over playing um, basketball in Taiwan. Is that what it is? Yeah. And dude's looking like the second coming of Michael Jordan. Bro, he's... <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, bro. He's a, Yo, I'm looking at highlights. This dude's like doing jab steps and threes. And he's like, they're having him running point. Yeah. And Dwight Howard can't get a shot off in the NBA right now, <laughs> let alone a three. Like, And we would probably let him take a three in the NBA Absolutely. just because he's like not known for that. So we'd yeah. be like, yeah, go ahead, bro. But... Like he could, he couldn't even get a layup off, let alone like, and he's dominated, like you said, in these leagues, man. It's so funny because, again, he's the, yeah, he's a world class athlete, world class NBA athlete on his decline. Yeah, and I and I saw like uh, I think it was Giannis uh, on an interview um, saying that, you know, that if it was the world against the U.S. that he felt like right now, like on a five on five, like, you know, he, and, and I forget who he mentioned completely, but it was like, you know, if you took Steph Curry and Clay and LeBron and, you know, Anthony Davis and whoever, like five from the U.S., let's say thing. And then you played five international players and he's like brought up himself, you know, so it's like Giannis and Bede, Luca, um, uh, I can't uh, Jokic, Jokic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jokovic, and then he's like, oh, throw in Evan Fournier, I don't know, like whoever. And then, right. and then he's like, those five would beat the other five. And I'm like, it would be a pretty competitive a game. game. Yeah. yeah, but I'm like, if you're talking prime players five on five, like I don't think so. But yeah, it would be competitive. I go, but it took five international players, not I was gonna, five players from one country. And I was going to say also, with those five players that, that that he named from the international players are all in their primes. Yes. And, and then he named a few folks on the American side that are actually past their prime. I would say all of them are. Dude, Steph, Clay out. LeBron, out. Like who? Yeah. who? I mean, well, I mean, you, you figure Steph and Clay... Stephen Clay just won a championship. They did, but I would say they're, they're not more on the way down than on the way up. Agreed. So you go if you go three years ago, Stephen Clay, like shit, yeah. when they when they were scoring thirty five a quarter or whatever, it was like they they could or you know I guess you could throw in like a Jason Tatum in there who's probably in his prime or yeah. Devin Booker, you know oh, those guys, yep, yep. you know like those guys. But um, yeah, the the international squad is all in their prime. You know Giannis is in his prime and Beat is in his prime. Luca is like I don't even think Luca's reached his prime yet. He's like so building there. Um, so, so I get it from that perspective. Jokic prime or building towards that, yep. but yeah, man. So I'm blind, but I'm like, yeah, those are five international. Like you can come up with five from one country that would compete. And oh, no, Spain is the closest thing not. in the world. I think that, that we have to that, but yeah, man. So I'm like, yeah, lucky. We won't give a fuck about soccer. Cause if we did, guys, this will be in trouble. <laughs> I say that to say that. 
right, man. Let me hit you with my car of the week. Let's do it. It's going out to planet Earth. Ooh. Because she is now supporting eight billion humans. Woo, that woman's big. <laughs> I think it was like last week. I know we skipped last week. Um, I think maybe maybe the week prior. Uh, the the pop the human population has surpassed the eight billion mark. We were at like seven point. We were seven point five for a while, yeah. and then right, but yeah. So now we're past the eight billion mark, which is which is crazy. And it, and our growth has been on the decline, technically. Right? Yeah, like our net growth has been on the decline. But yeah, we're sort of increasing at a decreasing rate. Right. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. And we've been uh, it's just eight billion people is a lot of people, man. And and I think it's at the rate that it occurred because I think if you go a hundred years back, we didn't even have a quarter of that. Is that what it is? There's like oh, some crazy stats. Like I don't know. like um. We've done that all within the last, like, it's less than 100 years, I think. I'm almost certain, like, the growth from, from like, 1 billion to 8 happened, like, within a few decades. Like, it's it's really, I got to go look up the yeah, stat. But that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's that, that, that change has happened very drastically over, I think it's over, like, the last century. Like, it, well, you, you know, you might, you might be right, man, because I, I do remember, I remember, I, I, I feel like I remember when we were, like, 7.5 billion. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like that was too long ago. No, and the Earth population, let me see, like it was, um, it was, so it, it's 8 billion now, but there was a, I'm going to look. like I'm, Looking like 2010. Bro, <laughs> it was 1 billion in 1804. Oh, wow. So in what, 200 years? 200 years. <laughs> we've, we've, okay, so I was way off. I no, felt like it was in the last still, no, no, bro. I mean, it's still a lot, but yeah, yeah. In was, the grand scheme of things, bro, uh, if, yeah. if you off by 100 years, that, that, that's nothing. <laughs> so in 87, it was at 5 billion. So I think that's, so in 87, it was at 5 billion people. So you you figure from 1804 to 87, you you quadrupled. And then from, and, and that's what, almost 200 years? So you figure 180 something. Yep. And then it took... 20 30 whatever 30, 30 something years, years. Yep. yeah 35 years to get to another 3 billion so like we're still growing at yeah. an exponentially quick rate and that uh, obviously has a lot to do with um obviously the birth rates and uh like like um what do you call that the boomers are wild bro they're just fucking and then the <laughs> i wonder what actually <laughs> happened during that time and, <laughs> and also people are just living longer too right so i guess yep. we're staying around longer so like i guess you couldn't expect people in the 1700s to Live to seventy or whatever that was because they were all dying from like fucking smallpox. So yeah, from the common cold. <laughs> yeah, it's like a mosquito bit. You're like, oh fuck, man. There goes, <laughs> goes Dave. <laughs> Y'all seen Dave today? He got he got poked, man. It's a wrap. Dave gone by Tuesday. <laughs> but yeah, man. So shout, shout out to, to to Mother Earth. Um, she's still supporting us. I don't know for how long. I figure, you know what? I had a uh, an old coworker. They used to always tell me, one day the Earth's gonna shake us off like some fleas. <laughs> I feel like she's been trying a lot lately, bro. <laughs> COVID and these earthquakes and hurricanes and all that stuff. Like she getting there. But dude, and then all these fucking like you see all these like mass shootings like, lately. Oh my like God, bro. I don't know, dude. I I don't know if it's because I'm I'm paying more attention to to news and stuff, man. But it just feels like. Like there's more bad shit going on now than maybe ever before. <laughs> Bro, the guy who shot up the place in Colorado had me. Do you seen his dad? The interview with his dad? No, I think it was the guy in Colorado. Is it the one that? Oh yeah, the gay me. club. 
Yes. Where the dad goes, he ain't no gay guy. <laughs> I don't know. what. We're like, not... he was more upset about the fact that he could potentially be gay instead of murdering people. <laughs> <I was like>. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, we're not with that gay stuff. Like, that's all he heard from the right. whole thing. And then they kind of question, they press him on the murdering people thing. He's just like, yeah, man, you know, I hope, you know, it's, it's a society thing. He apologized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he yeah. was like more upset about the, we don't do that in <laughs> this family. Gay, we don't do that gay <laughs> stuff. We don't do that gay stuff. I was like, bro, that's your concern? <laughs> Like, Dude, damn. Um, did you see the fucking guy that the the Walmart guy? Oh my god, bro. That shit is that Dude, so so here's the thing with that, right? So <laughs> for those of you who didn't see um uh, some guy and I forget where it was, some guy uh, some manager that was in Walmart just like went into a break room and opened fire and killed I don't know, like six people, something like that. Which is the most expected thing from a Walmart employee if you've ever had to encounter one ever. <laughs> Now, while that is a, a sad tragedy, right, for the folks that, that, that got hurt and especially for the ones that died, they, they interviewed this other guy who happened to be late that day and was just like, man, I was running late for work. Thank God I was late. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going like, yo, is that where we at? is that where we are as a society where it's not even like, oh, my God, like this, this mad tragedy. People just go like. Fuck man, glad it wasn't me. Missed that one. Yep. Yeah. Dude, I think it is. I, Tim Dillon had a whole rant about this. Really? And I'm like, it's so true. Like, the fact that that's his first thought, it wasn't like, fuck man, I lost my coworker. It's so normal to us now that we're like, shit man, I'm glad I was late that day. It's like, it's like just barely missing a car accident now. Right. You know how you see an accident when you're driving and you're like, man, five minutes sooner, that could have been me or whatever. Yep. It's like, that's how we look at mass shootings now. We're like, fuck, five minutes sooner, man, that could have been me. I, do I still got to come in tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> These prices ain't gonna roll back themselves. Are we? T- are we taking? Are we taking a morning day for this? <laughs> nope. It's so normal now, bro. Dude, not for nothing, man. Um, when was it? It was probably probably a, a few months ago. Um, my son and I were going just a quick trip to the supermarket, and um, and it was like, and and I saw this like dope, like sunset, and I, I literally pulled over just to take a picture. Well. That that pulled over time, right? Um, we we actually exited out. We went to the store, did our thing, and as we were coming back to the car, there was like a major accident, like right outside where we, like where we had to turn. And I told my son, like, "Yo, we probably—I mean, not saying that would have been us, but the fact that we stopped and and I stood out there for two minutes." probably saved us or possibly could have saved us from being involved in that absolutely dude. because we had know. or you never know dude, like, we had we had walked out of the store like as it happened so if i walk out of the store 60 seconds earlier maybe we're involved dude it's it's it just goes to show man like <sighs> fuck man like literally any second like it's so cliche but it's like man yep. every moment minute by minute so every time, yeah, if you, you ever stuck in, so you stuck in traffic and whatever, and you're pissed, or you, the light catches you, or whatever, sometimes you just gotta like look at it and go, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Yup, dude, I, I'm glad that was like a perfect segue into my my carbon footprint. Okay, so, so my carbon footprint this week was, uh, and it's it's a little delayed because it was I, I so I sort of marked this as after um, Israel Adesanya, so Izzy won or lost, sorry, at UFC. Um, I'm gonna get this wrong, man. I can't it doesn't remember matter. What it was. The last it doesn't one. matter. The last, the last major one. Yep. Yeah, he he lost that fight, right? So, uh, but and I'm giving it to him coming off of a loss because I felt like 
giving his platform and there's so many layers to this given his platform in sports given his platform you know as a person as a so- social media presence um you know i felt like the way he handled that loss to me is something that is extremely impactful because you know like it's easy to hang your head after something like that and we all i think deal with disappointments differently right and so it was it isn't whether it's right or wrong it's just that the way he handled that man i thought was such a good example for like us in general going through day-to-day shit for if you do have kids that look up to pro athletes or 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 um anyone who's sort of in the spotlight and it was i have did you see any of the press conferences after no i didn't lost man the press conference the night of the fight like you're talking 30 minutes later he rolls into the press conference he's wearing like a fur coat He's like sitting there and they, you know, they ask him, he doesn't make an excuse. He's like, nah, bro, he got me. Like, and then they're like, and then they're like, well, how do you feel? And he goes, I'm grateful, full of gratitude. And it's like, I think to have that perspective in that moment, like, like, and he has this saying all the time and you follow him on social media or you, or you listen to him on podcasts. It's, he always says, what a life. And it's like, he's like, bro, I got paid to fight in front of a bunch of people in Madison Square Garden. I love to fight. I love this sport. I love stuff like I, I've been through so much worse shit than he's like, I lost a, so what? He's like, I've been through so much worse shit, you know, like whether it's like, you know, growing up poor or, 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 you know, like personal relationships or and he was like bullied as a kid and he right? was bullied. Yeah. All this stuff. He has all this stuff. He's like, I, I lost in a, in a sport that I love and a fight that I like, I, I got paid to like, like, nah, man, I'm grateful, man. And, and he just had this whole, and I, and I watched him on press conferences after that. And I watched him on podcasts after that. And he just kept the same thing. He's just like, he got me. Like, I felt really good. I still feel like I can beat the guy. He still had his, like, competitive edge. He's like, yo, yeah. I felt like I was, I had him. He did. And I got caught. Like, you know, and he's like, yo, and kudos to him. He fucking caught me. Like, and and so, and he didn't make excuses. He has even admitted. He's like, yeah, bro, he hurt me in the first round. Like, my leg wasn't there. Like, I fought the whole time. Like, it forced me to change gameplay. But it was, like, this accountability that he had for one, like, yo, he got beat. To have that perspective of, um... Yeah, I lost a fight, but like, yes, yeah, so like, I'm gonna be back fighting in a couple months. Like, it, it's just like it, the fact that I, I think that you can look at a defeat on the biggest stage, arguably in your sport, yeah. um, for a belt, and you can have that that perspective. I'm like, wow, man, like we're out here complaining about dumb shit sometimes. Where you go, man, the perspective in the grand scheme of things, like life's pretty good. Like, and so I I watched him do that, and and there's another layer that that. It stuck with me, and it was the fact that, like, we always talk about how MMA is starting to surpass boxing. And I think Izzy, and we we say this all the time we watch Izzy. Izzy had this um, sort of reputation to some people for being boring. Like, if you weren't a true, like, MMA purist and you hadn't watched him for a long time, he's boring because he's so good that he dominates fights like Floyd does, where it's not exciting, right? He's not not knocking people out. He's not knocking people out. But I think this one showed that, like, it was a fight that he could lose, and he knew that, and he took it. And it was his third fight this year. Um, so he's not a champ that's like running and sitting on his belt for like eight months, you know, like he's defending it as much as he can. And then it, it also showed like, yo, he fought. And then I felt like fans, like I felt like I, I thought people were going to knock him. You know, like people are waiting for Floyd to lose, right? For a long time. Right. They to celebrate it. And I felt like I saw online and people were giving him more kudos. And I'm like, yo, I think we're rewarding the risk. Like he took the risk because it's a guy that you've lost to twice in, right. in other sports. And I felt like e- even from that perspective, I went, wow, man, it just goes to show like, I think we weren't we weren't celebrating his downfall. We were like rewarding him for going like, yo, cause that fight was exciting. He didn't hide. Oh, he didn't think it was trade. It was a great it was, fight. It was actually one of the better fights that I've seen of him because I'm always excited when he goes to fight. And then sometimes I'm I'm kinda let down because mm-hmm. it's not as exciting as I would like him to be. Absolutely. 
Um, Because, you know, when you go into, and and I'm not a big, like, MMA enthusiast, but I do enjoy watching them. um, But I enjoy, like, the the brutality of it. And then sometimes when you get the guys like, like like Adesanya that are that are just technical like technically really sound. Yeah, he's so he's so technically good. Yeah, yeah. he's very Floyd esque in that way. Right. And then those fights can appear to be boring. Yeah, absolutely. And and I thought that and I go, man, this is why MMA is surpassing boxing because in boxing the the zero has become so important to people. Right. And MMA, like Nate Diaz has like fifteen losses or whatever. No one it is. cares. We don't care because we're willing to reward the risk. And I think we reward the entertainment, reward the risk. And I felt like Izzy in a loss, he almost won. Like he won over fans. He won because it was like, oh wait, you didn't run. You traded. You didn't lose in a decision on a boring fight. Like right. you traded shots. You were willing to get in there. You wrestled, which isn't your thing. And he was decent at that. Like and then you got caught and then even then, like, you didn't go down. Like, you were, you know, he was like, yo, man, I still wanted to stay in. Like, and, and I love the fact that he even admitted, like, we argued, like, you know, we were having a debate, like, whether it was an early stoppage. Right. And even, no, it wasn't. No, no, it, they, they saved him, right? Like, you don't want yeah. him to take unnecessary shots. And even he said, he goes, like, if you're asking me, my ego is telling me, let me go out on my shield. My brain, the realist in me is saying, like, that's yeah, a good stop. Like, he got me. But right. he goes, like, you know, he's like, obviously, if you ask me, like, my ego is telling me, like, nah, let me go down. Like, let me, you know, he's like, I would have preferred that. But if I'm taking a step back and I'm thinking about it, it got me. It was a good stop. Like, he's like, you know, he goes like, now, it didn't lay me out like the last punch. He goes like, he knocked me out the last punch. He goes like, I was lucid, but I was hurt. You know, he's like, and yeah. he didn't make excuses about that. And I like that, man. And I, so I felt like there's just so many layers of this that just, again, it's impactful. I'm curious to see how he, how it, uh, how he, I, I think, um, response to this, response to this, you know, second loss now, but really I count it as his first because it's the first one in his division. You know, it's like Canelo's loss where he went up in weight where you're like, eh, you kind of expect him to, to not. Um, so the first loss that he had was in that, like going up in weight where you're like, yeah, bro, you're probably not there yet. Um, that, so this that is, was too much. Yeah. So this is his first loss as a middleweight, um, and a division that he's dominated and he doesn't duck anybody and he defends his belt, you know, three, four times a year. Like he's never. And um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how he responds. I, I love the fact that the message that it just sends, I think as people about just having perspective, because it's just like, nah, bro, why am I, you know, a lot of times you see these boxes and they go into like these depressions and all this stuff after a loss or, or even MMA guys. Even MMA. Yeah. And remember uh, um, uh, Rousey. Remember yeah, Rousey when she, went into when this she thing? lost, you went into the hole. And listen, people are going to handle things differently, but I just felt like looking at this, it's just one of those things where you just, uh, you're forced to take a step back and have this perspective of like what really matters. And, um, and you're looking at a guy, I'm like, man, in a loss, he won. Like he, he won over fans. He, I think maybe to himself, he still has this like unicorn that he's chasing because he still hasn't beat this guy. Um, and it's just be a rematch, right? Absolutely. I mean, it has to be. It's funny, man, because somebody asked him on a pod. I think it was flagrant. They okay. go, but, you know, because I think he mentioned, too, that he was injured, and so he might need surgery. And they go, well, what happens if he defends it and then loses it? And he's like, well, fuck, I didn't thought about that. He goes like, no, nah, I would fight him anyway. He's like, I want, he's like, I need to get a win against him. So I want to fight him anyway. And he's like, yeah, I, I prefer for it to be for the belt, but I'm going to fight him either way. Like, I want a rematch. Like, oh, okay. And, and so, and, and again, it just shows, like, you, you hope he doesn't get stuck in this thing where he's chasing that win against this right. guy. Because sometimes, man, Styles just, just they don't. make fights, yeah, man. Styles definitely make fights. And, but you look at that one and you go, he dominated the fight. Dude, he, he had it. Had he, he had it. He could have done some running in the last. He could have taken the round off. And I think yeah. that's the other part of this. Like, he could have taken the round off and won. Yeah. Maybe, depending. Like, there was one round that was close early on that we were like, man. But I think it was one. Was it yeah, one? Was it, it was the first one. one or but two, the yeah. scorecard showed that he would have won. Yes. So afterwards, the scorecard showed like he would have won anyway. So he could have ran. And um, 
I think the fact that he was willing to take the risk and he's like, I wanted to finish. I, I, I wanted to finish him. And he did say something like, he goes, yo, when he hit me in the kickboxing fight, like he laid me out. He goes, I took a shot early on and then I took a kick and I realized, okay, I, I can take that. I'm good. He goes like, and it made me feel more confident because I'm like, okay, it's a four ounce glove. It's whatever. Right. Like, that shit should hurt. And he goes like, I felt like I'm better than I was that last time. He goes, like, I'm sure he was. Yeah. And, and absolutely. And he goes, just got caught right place, right time. And, you know, he's like, kudos to him, man. He yeah, caught me man. with a shot, bro. It's and five what was, rounds. What was the last UFC that you guys watched that I missed? Um, where, where the oh my where, god, the ones against Usman, Usman. and um, and where um, he dominated, yeah. right? And then he just get he just get caught. There's Edwards, yeah, took him out, yeah, dominated, and then less than a minute to go, gets caught with a kick. And you're just like, yo, that changes everything, changes history, right? Usman would have defended for however long, and yo, yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Izzy, man. Um, I love watching him fight. Like you said, there's some fights where he's so boring. I think the first time I was hyping him up and everybody came here to watch him and it was like the most boring fight ever. I was so let down because I'm like, fuck, man. Because he's such a good showman with the intros and all this stuff. And I and I remember watching his fights when he was trying to come up in UFC when he was so exciting and he was dropping dudes left and right. Um, and then he just got to this point where he's technically so sound that that yeah, sometimes no, it's it boring. Is. But um. Yeah, shout out to him, man. I I, I think just just uh, uh, it was just a lesson on perspective and yeah, man. Um, yeah. Dude, I got something more for that. Did you see? Uh, um, so, for those of you who don't know, Elon Musk took over Twitter, which I believe we went over on this show already. Yeah. Um, but recently, like the employees have just been leaving in droves. Um, apparently he put out something where he was essentially like, like, you know, going forward, we need, I need, essentially, I need to know that people are committed and are here to work hard and, and whatever. And, and like, if you're not, you know, if you're not, if you're not with that, here's like three months severance and, you know, you're free to leave. And so the people who just started to leave and they, you know, like they had, they, they, they kind of trolled them a little bit. They they had on the uh, I think it's in San Fran the 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 main yeah. building. Yeah, yeah. They had like a video. I mean, a, a projector on the building with like quotes of just like bashing him. Oh wow! On on he strikes on me the as a guy that probably didn't give a fuck about that. I don't think he cares. Yeah. Um, but I was like, you know, again talking about perspective. You think about the people, the the employees, and. You know, and, and their feeling about about work in general, and just going like, ah, you know what? I don't believe in what this guy is doing. I'm out, dude. I'm glad, and I'm glad you said it that way, actually, because I I was again, this is like a prime example of like perspective, like this Elon thing. I'm seeing people bashing him for how he handles Twitter and yep. the, and the work thing and all that stuff, and I go, okay, there's a, several ways to look at this, right? He has a vision. He wants to, you. He expects a certain, you know, like caliber of work, and also like a certain, uh, uh, I guess, commitment of time right. and of everything. Right now, whatever to, to 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 turn it around. I feel like the perspective again is people are leaving in droves, and they're just like, oh, he's a, uh, he's um, you know, like a, a, a tyrant, a tyrant, whatever, yeah, right. and he's going off, yeah. I, I couldn't find the right word, and and so like, again, the perspective there is: do you stay at a place like that, right? And, and again, everybody has different sort of aspirations and different goals and all that. And I get that. But do you stay at a place like that and look at it for the opportunity that it is, which is to work with one of the greatest minds of all time and potentially build a social media platform uh, unlike anything we've ever seen? Because Twitter, it's always been probably my favorite social media platform. But then you get someone like Elon, and I think and you remove the bullshit of the, the censorship stuff and the catering to certain political parties and all that shit where at least he's trying, right? So um, do, do you want to be a part of that? 
and you don't have to be, or do you say like, Hey, I'm not okay with that culture. I'm just going to go take my talent somewhere else. Like, and and, and so like when I see people knocking and like going off about the tire and and it's like, I hate this idea that we have to keep telling companies how to run themselves. Like, let them show you what they are. And then we all decide whether or not we want to be a part of that. Like, the jobs again we're so like spoiled where it's like that job's not guaranteed to you man like it, it, it's like the coal mine like you're not guaranteed a job at the coal mine bro and just like you're not guaranteed a job at twitter that you're gonna like if you don't like it step away like he's telling you who he is he's giving you like yo this is who i am this is how i run this be a part of that or don't i also think this is by design i think he's deliberately going to the extreme because i think I think what you do by doing this is that you weed out, you know, and listen, man, we've both worked at corporate America for a long time. You know, every department, every company has, you go, yo, there's two people who fucking like hold this shit down. And the rest of these, I'm not really sure what they do every day. (laughs) Right. And so I feel like it looks bad if it goes, Elon lays off 10,000 employees versus Elon goes, you motherfuckers got to work 80 hours a week. You got to do this. 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 And then, and then he goes, and if you don't, if you don't want to, His, I'm willing to pay you to leave. Yeah. And I feel like that looks better. And you weed out the like, yo, I know I'm getting the work from 10% of the employees. It definitely, it definitely looks better from a from a layoff standpoint, where so many companies right now, I keep reading articles, man, about companies laying off, you know, like 10,000 yeah. people. Amazon, right? Like Yeah, people. that's right. That's another one. Amazon. Yeah. I think I think uh Amazon, I think a bunch of Amazon workers staged like a like a walkout yeah. on Black Friday. Wasn't so. it Black Friday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like Amazon workers and um and Whole Foods because Amazon owns them. I don't know what ended up coming of that. Yeah, I don't either. I saw like the headline and I was yeah. like, huh, okay. And then I just yeah. But to your point of of, of him going, hey, I'm just gonna be transparent with what I expect, whether he actually expects it or not, right? Or was it a ploy to just go, I'm gonna get rid of the people who don't really want to work? Well, I think it 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 brings to light. Uh, like the employees that you go, you know, like some people, like Twitter's still running, right? So you're looking at yeah. him now, you're going, and I'm sure behind the scenes, there's some stressful shit going of on, right? Like we've both worked in corporate America. We Especially know. when a lot of people are leaving and yes. then those responsibilities fall on the people that are left. Like I know what that's like. And we, yeah, exactly. And we've both been in scenarios where we're sort of the ones keeping the ship afloat. And what happens is, is that the captain's at the top and he doesn't see what the people are doing below to keep this shit rowing, right? So like, it, it's, it's it, like, it's like the duck. When you see him on top of the water, but his feet are moving like hell like, down below. Yep, to keep it, yeah, it's so true, bro. So like, it's like, yo, for every hundred employees, you probably got ten keeping that shit popping, and the other ninety are probably like, you know, they're they're having coffee for six hours, they're talking shit, they're going from cube to cube, they're doing what, you know, like. So I I, I feel like some of this is him going like, yo, man, we're definitely overstaffed, and I know there's an X amount of people, and I can weed out who's loyal, who's the hard worker, who actually keeps this shit running. And then probably go to like a reasonable, okay, let's hire these people. Let's do this stuff. Right. Because I also think Elon Musk is smart enough to know this is not sustainable. Like Elon Musk, is he didn't get to this stage. He didn't get to build Tesla and SpaceX and now Neuralink and, all, and PayPal. Um, I was going to say, don't, don't forget about yeah, PayPal. PayPal, the OG. Yeah, man. He don't like, get credit for that shit. Because like you have to be able, you have to know how to manage people. You have to know how to, you know, obviously create products. So like, I, I feel like a lot of this is deliberate. But also, it just it just made it just reminded me of the perspective you could have because I'm looking at that and I'm going, man. Yes, I'd be stressed out, and it's not to say that you wouldn't have stressed out days. But the thought that I could work with someone like an Elon Musk, uh, like a generational mind, like uh, uh, someone who like, dude, you think about we talk about people now like Albert Einstein and Nikolai Tesla and right. and, and 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 Edison and like 
this is that for our generation. Right. And so, like, do you get to tell your grandkids, like, yeah, man, I worked for e- with Elon Musk, like, one of the greatest minds ever. Yeah. And so, like, I, I, yeah, I think it's a, it's a interesting to have a perspective of, like, do I seize this opportunity? I don't know for how long. Or do I choose to be, like, a crybaby about it? Or and, and I shouldn't even say crybaby because if it's not for you and you want work life balance and you want to spend like I understand that and that's your prerogative and so you could step away, but then don't go sit there you know projecting images to the thing. Just go like yeah I'm I'm not with that culture yeah, anymore. I'm, out. I'm gonna go yeah I'm out. Yeah, and I I feel like too many times we're entitled. We feel entitled to a certain standard, and it's like no let companies be how they are, how they want to be, and all that stuff. And then you decide. Like I I I, I just really don't get that. Now is there is that. Uh is that come? Where is that? Is that in Silicon Valley? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So is that and in Silicon Valley? Is that in? Is that in San Fran, or is that? It's like like suburb or outside of San Fran. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's a it's a town outside of San Fran. I forget what it's called. It's um, there's actual name for the. Yeah, it's not, not a. That's, Silicon, that's not Silicon yeah. Valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's actual name uh, Apollo Alto and all that other stuff. I think it's considered okay. Silicon Valley. But and I uh, know he also has offices in other cities like Austin. I think has a Twitter office. Okay. Um, so there are other Twitter offices, but I think their main headquarters is the one in Silicon Valley. Okay. Um, yeah, man. I, I I I saw that. I was like, yeah. I mean, I get it, but also Twitter still works. Twitter's funny as shit. I, I like the fact that he's bringing back people because again, let us make a decision. Like, if I don't want to follow Donald Trump, just don't let me follow Donald Trump. Like, right. I I get to choose. Yeah, but he's funny as fuck. And Elon, bro, is hilarious. Have you seen all the memes where he's so trying he to entice Donald Trump? He doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. He's so <laughs> relentless. Oh my god, man, it's so funny, dude. He's so funny. Like, and the the whole AOC comment where she went off on this whole thing, and he goes, uh, "Thank you for your input. That's eight dollars, please." <laughs> It's so good, yeah. man. I don't I care that. what your views are politically. That's funny, man. That's so funny. Oh, he's so good, dude. Man. But staying in that in that region of the country, man. Um, San Fran started this program um, called Gift, and it stands for Guaranteed Income for Transgender People. Okay. And so this program is essentially just that. It's giving. They, they, it's, it's a very small amount of people. It's 55 uh, transgender residents of San Fran. They're going to give them $1,200 a month for six months. And it's mainly for uh, minor, the minority transgender community because they're saying that those folks have the hardest time like find, finding work in that area. And so they came out with this this gift program, you know, for them. Obviously, it's only 55 people. There's a lot of people over there. Um, I don't know how big the transgender community is over there, but I'm assuming it's a it's a decent size. But I know in the past we've talked about the whole like gar- like the whole guaranteed income, yeah, thing. The 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 universal basic universal income basic stuff. Income. Yeah, that that. And, I, and when I first saw this, I was I was I was thinking like, holy shit! So they they're doing that f- just for. Uh, uh, sort of a minority of of people, um, but then I saw I was like, oh, it's it's like it's only fifty five people. So obviously the headline was bigger than what it actually is. But I was like, oh, what do you what are your thoughts on that, man? I I think it's a slippery slope when you target specific. Um, what do you even call that? Uh, demographic, demographic, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Um, like our class of citizen or what? Because like you, first of all, how do you determine whether or not somebody's actually transgender? 
you know, like you just leave the I room think, open for people to take advantage of something like this. Like, but also then you leave it open for other people to be like, well, what the fuck, bro? I'm a schizophrenic who's homeless. Right. How come I don't get shit? Yo, hey, I'm a, I don't know. Like, and I'm sure there's a lot of homeless in San Fran. I, we know I've, well, I yeah, have, they have a, 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 a rampant homeless. Is it problem. really? So, so oh, San Francisco is awful when it comes to, I think one of the worst in the country. Bro, when I was there and I was only there, I was literally there for a day. That's probably why I didn't see a lot of it. Um, Unlike Seattle, like Seattle was no, it's, it's retar- that bad. It's probably worse. It really, yeah. When you hear about San Fran, a lot of the people say like they pay you to be home to be homeless. Like there's a there's whatever program that they pay. But San Fran actually has an app where when you roam the city, it tells you where there's poop on the street so that you can avoid it. Literally an app. I I, I swear, I, I can look up what it's called. I'm gonna look up what it's called. You don't think I'm bullshitting? But it's they have shit a, on San Francisco, and they do the thing where like on sidewalks, people in front of their houses, they're putting like flower beds and spikes so that people can't put their tents on the sidewalk. It's that bad. Oh, wow. In San Francisco, yeah. It, it's that are they bad. Are they like uh, Seattle where there's like an ordinance where you can pretty much pitch a tent anywhere? Um, yeah. Anywhere where like they're like basically you're welcome anywhere if you can. And so people pitch them anywhere. And the other thing they had was people were buying RVs because it's so expensive to live yep. there and people can afford it. So the people could afford they were buying RVs and they're just parking them in the street. So there's been ordinances now done for RVs because people are just like, oh, I'll just fucking park at Walmart in the middle of the street. And so what you were having is like these people who were like, I paid, you know, $10 million for my house and there's a fucking RV parked in front of it all the time. And it's because people were just living in their RVs and they're just wow, parking them on the street. Um, so app for look. I typed San Francisco, and one of the top choices was app for human feces. It's called Snap Crap. How funny is that, bro? Dude, I knew I wasn't crazy. Instead of Twitter, shitter. Snap <laughs> Improve that, Elon. Oh, fuck, bro. That's so good. Shitter. I like that better than Snap Crap. The shitter's full. Oh my God, bro! That's it. You ever see the uh, Christmas Vacation? Well, I think Chev- so. Chevy, I just, Chase. Chevy Chase. Okay, yes, yes, dude. Yes, if yes, they yes, play yes. it, like it's dude, they had like twenty four hours of that shit playing, and it's it's my wife's favorite Christmas movie. See, they do that with a Christmas Story, which is my favorite yes, Christmas movie. Mine too. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, um, they uh they're selling so that house is in um, I think it's in Cleveland. Yeah. They're selling that house. So the person that owns it actually owns that house. And then like the neighbor, I can't remember the name, the neighbor's house like across the street. And the dude or the or the, the couple or whatever, they, they do like, they have it set up just as it is. You can actually like Airbnb that shit. And, and and they'll leave like um they'll leave like clothes and and like props in there so you can like reenact and replay and fucking video and it's kind of dope. I would do that. It's kind of dope. But he's selling it, bro, and, they, and he wants like ten million for that shit. Ten? I guess you turn it into a tourist attraction. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So he's like, he won't sell to anyone who won't keep it as a tourist attraction. Yeah, I, get, I could see that. Fuck, man. That'd be kind of cool. I would stay there. Yeah. That'd be dope. I love that movie. Oh, man. that movie's amazing. Like, oh, my God. I love that. Literally. I love it when the, the, the dad curses. Oh, my Because it's like, he's like, motherfinger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my go-to is like, it's a prestigious award. <laughs> <laughs> you were just jealous. <laughs> I love that movie. And then he's like, you know what your son just said? And then he's like the typical dad where he just curses his ass off and yep. then he's shocked when his kid uses it. <laughs> I love that movie, man. 
Love that movie, man. No, that was great. Oh, it's so good. But yeah, um, snap crap. <laughs> That's great, bro. Uh, we need the we need the uh, film an episode of the carbon footprint at the Christmas Story house. Yo, that shit. Oh lit. shit. <laughs> we should look to see how much they should pay you to go to Cleveland right now, right? right? Like, fuck, man. How much is it a night to stay there? I would assume during the Christmas, it's got to be crazy. Oh, it's got to be nuts. Look that up. Yeah, I'm sure it's already booked. For oh, the, it has the, to be for the man. entire yeah, month. Yeah. Do you wear the whole bunny outfit and shit? Do you do the the bunny thing and the? He looks like a pink nightmare. <laughs> Dude, Dude, he's beating up the kid and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like going off. <laughs> Shit is the best, man. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. <laughs> Have you watched the sequel yet? No. No. They just released last week uh, Where? or two weeks ago on, I think it's HBO Max. Uh, I think it's HBO Max or Netflix. One is of those it, two. Is it the oh, same, it's the same cast? It's the kid. Is in his and the like mom the is back and the brother's back and yeah. one of the bullies is back and it's called the Christmas Story Christmas and it's in the same neighborhood house I think Netflix um, I it's either Netflix or it's HBO Max let me I'll okay, tell you right I now but I haven't seen it yet but it's on my list to watch because I'm like I, I again my favorite Christmas movie of all time so it's um a Christmas Story there we go Christmas Story Christmas I think it's HBO yeah HBO Max. So it's on there. And dude, it's a lot of the original cast because Ralphie is like your age now. So you think about that movie came out early 80s. He was, you know, whatever, 10, 12 years old. Yeah. So Ralphie's like your age now. So I'm like, I don't know why I think of that movie. And I know the movie takes place in like the 20s or 30s, but it was it was released in the 80s, like early 80s. I think it was 83. So I, you know, you think of that movie, you're like, ah, everybody's dead. But it's like, nah, man, they're like no, 47, yeah. 48, 50. I would think maybe, maybe the dad. The, maybe dad, the dad is, is not in it, so I don't know if he's still around, right. that guy. But the he mom's in passed. it. Okay. But you go, dude, the mom might have been 30-something in that yeah. movie. So you go, okay, she could be late 60s right now. Yeah. Like, whatever. So, like, yeah, that's... that's Or oh, even 70. Yeah. Or even 70. But yeah, you figure, yeah, okay, she can do a movie. So yeah, she's in it. I know the brother's in it. I know the mom's in it. Uh, I think Farkas, the guy who played Farkas, is in it. Um, so yeah, I want to watch it, man. I, 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 it's cool. I, I like that they did the original cast and not like a remake of it. Are they so? Are they doing a remake or are they doing it? Are they like is 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 Ralphie like the dad now? No, it's Ralphie. I think is the dad now. Like, I think it's a legitimately okay. a sequel and not a remake, gotcha, which is what gotcha. I liked about it because like, I love that movie. So I'm like, don't remake it, man. You know? Yeah, that's <laughs> like, it's such a classic. Yeah, it's like remaking Grease. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't remake. Yeah, you Grease. can't make that. Yeah. But. Travolta got it on lock. Yeah, exactly. Bro, oh, you know what, man? Since we're talking about work shit, um, I wanted to get into this story. Fuck. This of the lawsuit. Did you see the lawsuit with the guy? Um, he sued his employer. No. Um, bro, so he sued his employer uh for it's hilarious. So he gets thirty one hundred dollars, which is pretty low, but then they're also examining his request for an additional four hundred and eighty K based on this lawsuit the lawsuit was because he was fired because he refused to go get drinks after work with his colleagues or so he claims yes yeah, so it was like mandatory like no it's an employee like a social outing or like okay. a get together and i think it's because they work remote or something like that i can't remember but this is in paris so uh he, he was fired from a Paris. it's a consultancy agency because he refused to participate in after work drink activities it wasn't during working hours right and so it's funny because they dubbed this the legal right to be boring at work. <laughs> Man, and it made me think like, 
I certainly feel this way sometimes, man. Like I feel like when I manage teams and all that, like I do, I do see the importance of sort of having like uh, out of work activities and all that, and I and I've had them. But I have had moments where there are things going on on a Saturday or on a Friday night, and I'm like, you know, I see you guys Monday through Friday for eight, ten hours, whatever. I don't want to see you again for my weekend or right. for whatever else. Like I don't, I don't want to participate in that, and so it it. It brings up like he sued and he won, so he got the judgment. It was like, so what did they give him? They gave him thirty one hundred dollars. I don't know how they came up with that figure, but then he's also seeking like an additional four hundred eighty k. I guess based on um, kind of fucking job. Yeah, yeah, it's a consultancy agency. Is all it said. Okay, but yeah, thirty one hundred. I'm guessing maybe that's his salary for a certain amount of time. The weird thing is, is France has different employment laws, so he got paid anyway when he got fired, but. Um, it, a lot. It's very difficult to get rid of employees in France. Um, Sounds like New York. Without cause. Oh, yeah. It's very much like that because the France employment system, it's almost union-like okay. in that. So it's so difficult to get rid of employees in France. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, it's bizarre, man. Like, how do you fire someone for not participating in an extracurricular after-work activity? I could see, I could see, like, if if there were several and then you always decline. And then perhaps the your your manager, your boss, whomever is looking at him like, yo, this dude is not really what doesn't want to be part of the team. Um, now, does it does he have to go there and drink alcohol? I mean, clearly not, right? But but if you, if he's a high level performer, let's say he's a high level that's performer. That's a that's a big ass if right if, there. Yeah. Because if you're not and you're not part of the team, then listen, the, the rules you know, are different. That's right. Like if if I'm looking for a way to get rid of you, and now you're not even participating in 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 like you know uh, sort of like team camaraderie activities, yeah. Then I'm going like, eh, I don't like this guy anyway. Yeah, like I um, yeah, a, a thousand percent. It's like the the you know you give leeway to certain people and you don't, and so it's like maybe they just need an excuse. Like oh, this guy's weird or he doesn't get along. He's not a good culture fit, but he's yep. also shitty at his job and yada yada. And so you give people more leeway, the better they are, right? Like you don't want to show up, but you know what? This dude like knocks it out of the park. Right. Like fuck it, do whatever you want. Yeah, he was clearly not that dude. I um, <laughs> it's hilarious because I'm gonna tell you this and I want to see your reaction because I think you knowing me, okay. it would surprise you. At least I think. I was told by an employer once that I needed to be more social because me not being social was sort of and going out and participating and talk more to the people around me was sort of, I guess, off putting in the sense that people didn't know. Like, basically, it's not good for the culture if I'm not sitting there and talking to people and doing stuff. So and you're not going out and grabbing coffee and then visiting cubes and talking shit about I was literally told you should grab people and you should go have lunch and you should have conversations and wow. all this stuff. So like knowing what you know about me <laughs> which and it's funny because at the time I was very new. Oh, so so you're you're trying to not do that shit. Exactly. I'm yeah, locked in. I'm locked in, right? Yep. I'm in I'm in a I'm in a open office space where everybody can hear what you're saying oh, when you're talking yeah. about your thing, right? So I'm not yep. trying to be social. I'm brought in for a specific reason and I'm trying to make sure that I sort of like prove my worth in a sense Absolutely. of like, yo, I'm gonna knock this out of the park. Like yep. not. Um the furthest thing from my mind is being social. But then also it's like, yo, once you get me going, you're gonna be like, yo, can you shut the <laughs> fuck up? <laughs> so, I was just thinking they didn't know how much of a gem they had in you. <laughs> 
I should have given him the link to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, if y'all want to hear me talk, here you go. This is what you're in for. Like, you sure? <laughs> Bro, you should have went in there and just had the podcast on a loop. <laughs> well, fuck, we're 120 it, episodes in. So it was you let it just so go. strange, man. I've never been told that in my life of like, you should be more social. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> Do you, know, like, do you know what you're asking do for? Do you know what you're asking about me, man? Like, do you know me? Uh, it, but it's funny, man. Like, I'm looking at this. Did and that I'm like, come from someone that knew you or someone? No, that didn't it was know someone you? in HR who didn't know me, okay. who, you know, knew me for like a month, I think, at this Got point. It. I think this is like my 30 day check in or something okay. like that. And it was like, uh, which is a cool idea, right? Like, you want to check in with employees. Right. Um, but it was funny because I'm telling me that I'm going, like, I think at the time it took me back because again I know me like you can't get me to shut the fuck up once I do get going, but it's it also came out very tone deaf because I'm like you do understand like sort of the if if they took a step back and realized the position sort of I was put in at this yeah. place it's like you would understand that like I, I'm not first of all dude the other thing is my desk is literally in front of HR like or where I sat like I and you know me like I have no filter so the shit that's gonna come out of my mouth is like I'm like bro we're gonna get acquainted real soon trust me. <laughs> <laughs> it was bizarre man at that time i was like huh that's strange but when i saw this case i'm like man what if i was one of those people who were like i'm like nope and i don't want to go and i just want to do my thing and i don't want to talk to anybody and i don't do stuff but i was a good employee right like and i knocked it out mm-hmm. of the park and I, I feel like you would just put up with it you just i mean if you're smart right if you know how to run a business you go yeah listen man i don't need everybody to be the same like he doesn't want to show up you don't want to show up you produce an a-level work like leave him be yeah like, dude and if i'm not disruptive right like right leave him be do we have a new guy at, at at our at our workplace man and and he's proving fast like like he's like that the dude is a fucking worker like the dude grinds and he puts in the time and you know and, and he's smart and like I could see, you know, like that that those that's the kind of dude that I don't care if you do, I don't care if you come out because I see what you produce when you're there and 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 you know in the grand scheme of things that's what I value. Yeah, dude, I I remember managing people once. I managed people that same way. Was um, I I I had managed his team and I had employee that was late all the time and I would write them up all the time and I would give them shit about it all the time and I would do stuff and it was a very difficult place to get rid of people. It was like union job. Okay. And I had an employee who was amazing. Like what you describe, like dude just worked his ass off, crushed it, did the stuff. And, uh, and one day he came in late, like he rolled in maybe 30 minutes late, whatever it was. He rolls in and I'm just like, yeah, man, get in, you know, whatever, like go do X, Y, Z. Right. And the guy who's habitually late, like heard me talk to right. him and immediately goes You're off. You're not going to write him up? Yep. I'll write him up. You discriminate against me. Da, 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 da. That's not fair. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, it's not fair, bro. But it ain't supposed to be. Like, that guy produces. Like, you're late every day, and you suck at your job. So, like, I'm going to give him way more leeway. Like, I look at it, you look at your kids. Like, you know certain kids, and you know yep. their behavior and stuff. Like, I'm going to give you a longer leash here. But this one, you know, you got to keep them close because, you know, like, they just don't. Keep you know, them on lock. You got to keep them on lock. So, I'm like, yo, people are the same way. I'm like, and when I manage people, it's the same way. It's like, yo, I'm going to let you get away with more because I know what I get. And I'm gonna, I'm not gonna let you get away because you can't suck at everything, right? Like you gotta, there's gotta be one thing where I'm like, all right, I'm getting that like right. out of you, right? So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, this case is interesting, man. I, I wonder how much of this happens now that people are working remote and you're gonna have more of these sort of social gatherings, because you figure like in a way to sort of keep up with culture or build so, so some sort of like team, I guess, or build team morale, you're gonna have like more outings. 
And you gotta have that face. I mean, my, my opinion. No, that, no, you do. I, that face to face is is is. I don't know. So for me, it's critical, man. Every time I go down to the office, um, and I've been working remote now for for over four years. When I go to the office, that FaceTime with people, I, I will be honest, when I go to the office, I get less work done, yes. but the FaceTime with the people and being able to actually put a, put a face to the voice and, 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 and just talk about whatever, random shit, personal stuff, whatever, um, it's priceless, man, Dude, to, to building that camaraderie. And how is it afterwards? Like when you get home. It's so much better, it's bro. It's so much better. Now you call those people and now they know, now they've seen you, you've interacted. And now the, the the help that you get is it's so much quicker. Yeah, dude, it's once you put a human element to something, yep. and you and you're like, oh, you're a person, I'm a person, you're cool, blah blah blah. Like it's it's different when I get that email and I'm like, oh shit, that's Sean. Like yeah, let me let me get that done for him real quick because I've met right. him, I've had lunch with him, I've I talk like yeah, we're cool, he's a nice guy, like bro, and like bro, I've been lucky enough, I've traveled for work for different things. It's funny because people ask me like, ah, oh, you're a finance guy, why the fuck are you going there or here right. or whatever, and. I always find, man, always, there's not been one scenario where the people that I've met with on those business trips, I didn't have a significantly better relationship afterwards with, which significantly um, improved sort of the, the output of work and got things done i think that otherwise wouldn't have been done in a time that would have been done if i had i not had that like right. you know wasted week quote unquote or two weeks of of that face-to-face -face time of like you said you're maybe not getting as much work done because you're talking and you're catching up and right and maybe they're just walking you through shit so you're wasting their day but at the end of the day it ends up leading to like a, a an increased um production because there's a human element no matter what bro and i will say man you know, we talked a lot about like remote work, I think, especially post COVID, like on this pod yep. and about like people wanting that and wanting the flexibility. I would say my thoughts on this have sort of evolved over time. And one of those, like for me personally, I've always felt like I couldn't do the remote thing 100 mm -hmm. percent. Uh, I think I'm more of a hybrid person um, and I would love the hybrid hybrid model. And what I'm noticing is that in order to be 100 percent remote, I think it could work for some people. But I think you have to have the right culture and the right management in place to pull off something like that. Because one of the things I've 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 picked up on is that it has significantly contributed to our decline in quality of work that you get, especially in industries that need sort of like coaching or there needs to be like a high rate of like familiarity with things. And so if you're working remote and you're new at a job and you're new at an industry and maybe you're fresh out of college, if you don't have that one on one coaching or someone sort of like babysitting you, I think it's really hard to grow and produce quality output for clients or for and also to know what's to know what's sort of expected from from the culture. Yeah. Right. If you're not in it, if if you're if if you are hundred percent remote, like you said, coming out of school, how would you ever know what is appropriate and what's not? Because it is really easy to fall into a space where you go, oh, I'm in my I'm in my pajamas and my slippers and, you know, and I'm at home and, and the TV's right there. And, you know, there, there's other sort of home distractions that take you that, that could take you away, um, you know, from what you should be doing during those times. If you're don't, if you don't have that discipline and if you don't understand the culture and what's expected of you. Then um, you know that 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 could lead you down down a, down a pitfall, and 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 then again, not having the human interaction, it's very easy for me to go and to go and say, oh, these five thousand people that I've never put a face to, it's easy for me to let them go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's no human. Like I don't see. I, I literally see a number. Yep. Right. Yeah. No, I I agree, man. Um, it's gonna be 
Yeah. I, I think we're in this like really pivotal time where we have to make a decision between, I think, um, obviously, em- employee uh, morale and output of quality. And then what do you sacrifice? I saw that, like, I think the UK, 100 companies in the UK, I think, rolled out a four-day work week in oh, the last right? week, and uh, which is huge. But I saw people making comments like, you know, like the U.S. would never do that. Or, um, you know, we, we uh, you know, th- it won't stay around for long or this and that. And I'm like, you could do that. Sure. But it just takes this collective. I think we're, again, like people are entitled, man. And so you have to prove. I think most of us would argue like, dude, if you have a vacation week and you know you're gone the next week. That week leading up to the vacation, how much you work do we output? Bust your ass. You bust man. your ass and yep. you murder because you know you're going to get screwed on the way back if you don't. And so I think for us, we also have to change our mindset of, yeah, there's a four day work week, but are you going to be driven enough to, you know, knock that out? And then also, like, I, I hate this idea that it's like, oh, America would never. It's like, well, if you value a job that is a four day work week, just go find a job that's a four day work week, right? Like you could easily go wait tables or, you know, you could yep. bartend, you could do whatever. And a lot of those places let you make the schedules are pretty decent and you don't have to work every day. Like you can go be a nurse and have seven days on, seven days off. Like, uh, yeah. you know, or whatever, you know, like there are options out there. Like it's not my job as a corporation to cater to you. No, I, absolutely not. And, and and I love the point that you just made there um, with regards to uh, like before you go on vacation and the kind of amount of work that you put in. You, most people, I shouldn't say you, most people, you will fill your workday. If your workday is eight hours, you will fill it. Whether it's, you know, maybe maybe you're working six hours and then you go to lunch for an hour and then in the morning you had coffee and you bullshit with your coworkers for an hour, right? You fill those eight hours. If you had to get, most people, if you had to get your work done in less time, you would. Absolutely. If there was less time to do it, you would. And then you could push that envelope. And I love like uh, Tim Tim Ferriss, uh, his his book, that four hour work week, he talks oh about this God. a lot, where he's like, if you had four hours for the for the entire week to get all your work done, what would you do? You know, would you really just you would probably lock in? Could you get it all done in four hours? No, four hours is probably a stretch. However, how much efficiency would you find if you only had four hours? Would you, you know, you'd probably turn your fucking email off, right? And go like, I'm only going to respond to email once a week. You know what I mean? Like there would, you would find efficiencies if you would just go, if you would confine yourself to, to less time and you, and, and you would, and you would find out that you can actually get more done yeah. in less time. Absolutely. Dude, I, it's funny, man. I, I think it's because of him. I adopted uh, in reading that book, I adopted the, um, the whole like I check my emails first thing in the morning when 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 I started work and then maybe around noon and then and, and then and maybe then in the end of the day right and uh, that shit helps bro. I've oh my god it does and but bro I've lost track of how many conversations I've had where people go hey I sent you that email and I'm like <laughs> and they'll literally hit send and walk over and you're like when oh like a few minutes ago and I'm like okay it's like you haven't responded I'm like yeah I, 
I'm I'm looking at emails yet. I'm doing shit. I'm doing shit, dude. And I remember telling someone like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll check emails before I leave," and they were just like flabbergasted by like, "Why?" Well, you know, and I'm because like, most people let the emails run them, right? Yeah. They, they they run your day, and it is such a distraction, bro. Absolutely. Every time it pops up, bro. If you took the time to sit there and respond to that, yeah. it's such a time waster. Like I'm like, you never get something done. Like you can't lock in. So I remember going like, "Yo, if you need something now, just pick up the phone and call me." Yeah. But if not. Or if I don't see the exclamation point on the email, like, and even then I might ignore it because I might read quickly and I go like, yeah, that's not. Yeah, because you're, you're allowing other people to rule your day yeah. at that point. Yeah, no. And, and dude, I lost track of how many people gave me the crazy look of like, no, nah, I haven't looked at it. And even when they're like, I said that 30 minutes ago, I, was like, I haven't looked at my email. And they'll just look at you like, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah what do you what mean? You possibly be doing without looking at you. You know, it's like one of those. It's like, bro, I'm doing shit. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to read that. And I'm, I've stuck to it to a degree, maybe not as, as, yeah, yeah, as it's intense. Tough, man. It's so tough because it's hard not to see the notification pop up unless you put it sort of on do not disturb. Yeah, you got to almost just don't open it. No. Yeah. So, and then it's hard. I, I Something will catch my eye and I'll go, oh, I can quickly answer that or That's, whatever. Yep. Yeah. I, get, I get lost in that shit all the time where it's just like, ah, uh, but then you do that enough times and then it takes you away from what you're doing. And then when to go back to something, it's even that much harder. Yeah. Because you're like, oh shit, like, where was I? Yeah. And I personally, I have a really tough time focusing. And so when I'm in the zone, if you pull me out of the zone, there's no getting me back. Uh, okay. and, and so these pockets of, of, of focus come so like infrequently that when I'm in the zone, I really try to ignore them because I go, if I go read that, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go back and I'm going to go, fuck, where was I? And and I had all these ideas and his thoughts and I knew how this was going to end. And I got to go back and it's going right. to take me three hours to do something that I knew I could knock out in 10 minutes. Like be, just because it's hard for me to sort of lock in. Yep. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's that, that whole mentality of like, you if you give yourself like who is it the code like if you give yourself 15 minutes to clean your room it'll take you 15 minutes but if you give yourself three hours it'll take it'll you take three, you hours. three hours uh so yeah man that yeah man how we doing on time hour five man all right what man you want to you want to wrap it up yeah man you got anything you want to touch on man i want to i wanted to touch on uh my my guy uh mark manson um he had something that I wanted to share with you guys. I read it on, read it on Instagram. Right over your head, man. Yeah, man. Um, Watching on IG. The, yeah. the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And then he goes, I think another book is uh, Everything's Fucked. Is the other yes. one. Right? Yep, that is the other Dude, one. Dude, my daughter wants to read that. And I you think I'm going to let her. Yeah, I think I'm going to let her. It's, you know, what? It's when you, when you say it out loud, especially like a, if, if, if the person doesn't know who Mark Manson is or have never read this book or any of his books, it sounds vulgar. Yeah. Right. But it's not like this guy has he's he's really insightful. um, And and, and the book reads like like you're having a conversation with him. It's he's such a good writer. He's a really good writer. Such a good writer. And for those of you like so if you are fans of like the Will Smith book. Mark Manson was the one that That's actually right. wrote it. He, yeah, he's such an it's an easy read. Yeah, and like you said he, it's a perspective uh, that's very like a dumbed down, I would say, or very conversational. Like very you said, it's like you're having a conversation yep. with your buddy. Yeah, yeah, and he makes you know he makes like uh, almost like complex things seem. He breaks it down to like it's like almost like layman's term. Yeah, where you go like oh shit yeah like that makes sense. Why didn't I think of that? No man, I love that book. Yeah, yeah, if you haven't read that book, read it. And it's a short read too. It's a yep. great. I think I did the audio version of it too, and I think I did it in a day or two. Really? Like it's such a short. And he does the audio book of so. Oh, that, oh, that's which true. I love because you know how it was intended to come off. You understand the tone. Yep. 
And so I love when artists read their own books. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. All right. So he put something out on, on Instagram. I don't know when this was, but it was uh, five paradoxes that can change your life. All right. Number one, the more you try to make people like you, the less they probably will. <laughs> Paradox number two, the more you fail, the more likely you are to succeed. And dude, I try to, I try to preach that shit to my kids where it's like, especially with school, because, because school puts so much emphasis on, on grades and it's like, it's really bullshit. It's, school's, school's almost like the opposite of what life is like. You, ha- you have to work alone and there's like one, you know, there's like one solution to a problem. You know what I mean? And so a lot of times, especially I have, I have one of my sons who is, who is very, uh, um, he, he takes things personal. And um, and I'm always telling him, like, man, like failing is not a bad thing, you know, and it's hard. Right. Because school teaches you the opposite. All right. Paradox number three, the more something scares you, the more you should consider doing it. Go skydiving, people. Do it. Number four, the more you hate a trait in other people, the more likely you are hiding that same trait in yourself. That one, you got That one, you got to take and think about it. You do because I think it, it, it leads to a lot of defensiveness and things like yes. that in those scenarios. Yeah, yeah. But I don't I, do that, but I think it's because you're insecure yep. about that. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, and I could totally see that. And last but not least, the more connected we become in the world, the more isolated we seem to feel. And so, those of you like those of you with the you know social media monsters can attest to that. Mm-hmm. That's so true, man. That's so true. I, I I love that guy, man. I, I love his writing. I love his perspective on stuff. Um, d- just uh, yeah, man. Like I I I think he always gives you a lot to sort of think about, and it's so relatable. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of things like I said, he just he just a few of those things, you know. I, I've I've stressed to my kids, and then other things I just kind of take away and and try to like apply them to myself. Like 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 the trait thing. Yeah. Um, when I first read that, I was like. I couldn't even think right off the top of my head of traits in other people that I, that I don't like. So you got to almost like think about people that are you just not so fond of. And then you go like, okay, why am I not fond of that person? Uh, you know what I mean? There was a third. What was the third one? Ooh, let me go back. Yeah. There was something there that you said. Oh, the more something scares you, the more you should consider doing it. No, that wasn't one? that one. No. The more you hate a trait. No, that's, that's no. not that one. What was two? Let me two. The more you fail, the more likely you are to succeed. Okay, that there's that quote that's like, if I, if I, uh, man, I wish I could remember who it was, but it's like, if I took a thousand attempts to make a light bulb and it didn't work, it's like, I didn't fail. I learned of a thousand ways not to make, not to make a light bulb. Yeah. It's, it's, it's paraphrasing and it's really and then no, awful. And then nobody will ever remember the the nine hundred attempts or the nine hundred ninety nine attempts. It's so true. It's like you can't have the you can't have the successes without the failures. And right. it's funny, man. I I it is so cliche. I try to get like like preach out on my kids all the time. Yeah. Where it's just like oh, I didn't feel, you know I took the the loss on that or whatever. I'm like yeah, man. It's a lesson. Like you just not it's not that way. And I feel like we could all learn a lot about a perspective of like hey, it wasn't that that way. Just wasn't the way. But yep. it doesn't mean you failed or doesn't mean it's just like. 
it, it, you learn a lesson, whether it was about yourself, whether it was about the other person, whether it's about the scenario or whatever, either way, there's something to be gained from it. And I think if we, you know, going back to the Izzy thing to take this sort of full circle is like, he even said like, yo, I learned a lot about myself, about the, the drive I have, the will. Yep. And then what not to do, yeah. you know, with certain things. It was like, yo, I had a certain opportunities that I wish I would have capitalized on a finish and all that stuff. So yeah. like, again, man, I think life is about perspective. And, um, and I think you only you only truly fail when you quit. Absolutely. And the and I think those those things sort of determine the impact that you end up leaving, whether to yourself, others or, you know, just in life, man, is like uh, uh, what, what was your perspective and how would you handle those yep. quote unquote failures? And all that. Absolutely. Yeah, man. And on that. Tell them where they can find us. Listen, man, if you're not following us already, at the Carbon Football Podcast on IG, the Carbon Football Podcast on YouTube, at Carbon FP Pod on Twitter, uh, the Carbon Football Podcast on Facebook, and then everywhere where you stream, man. Um, Spotify, uh, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, leave a review on there as well. Um, we're on everything, man. A- Amazon Music. Um, tell your smart devices, all of them, man. So we're out there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Give us a listen, man. And shout out to you guys for the support, man. It's been Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. As always, thank you for the support. And if I did not reach out to you on Thanksgiving, please forgive me. It was a hectic week. Um, it's not because I forgot about you. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have, we'll, 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 we'll get up. We'll shoot for uh, Christmas time, <laughs> holiday time. We'll no, do better. I just, I just call you in between. No, I loved it when you were doing the whole thing where you were checking in on people weekly. Yeah. I was loving that, man, because I myself, every time you would say that, it was sort of a reminder. And I was and I was like, even if it was a quick text of somebody, I was doing it. That's all it takes, man. Yeah, man. And so, I'm and I'm and I'm I've been bad at that. So. Yeah, same, man. So I gotta we gotta we gotta get back to that. Get back on it. Yeah, man. All right, folks, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Peace. Peace.